You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey, as always. Welcome back, Corey. What is going on? Daniel is off. 167th episode. Daniel joins us next week after the Combine, which we're really looking forward to that. So we're going to save rookie talk and Combine talk and draft talk until we've got the whole crew back together. And until we've seen the Combine. I think that's going to be fun. The schedule is fun. The schedule is fun for the Combine. For me, it's a lot of fun because the fun days, like the offensive days, are at the end of the week. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm going to be able to see Saturday and Sunday. We'll be there. I don't think we'll be nice. there for the whole. We're not going to be there for the whole thing. It's like from noon to eight p.m. But I did see a, uh, I did see a news news bit. My Melissa sent me um, something that said that the NFL is going to allow fans in the lower level of the stadium for the first time ever. That's cool. So I don't know if you've ever been to the combine. I think you have, Corey. Yeah. I've never been to the combine. Oh, they sit you up in like corner sections. Like you've been to Lucas Oil, obviously. Yeah. End zone corners is where you sit. Excuse me. So you can see what's going on, but you're not like you're not on top of it. You're not there. Sure. You're, you're, you're a ways back. This year you're going to be up in it. That's exciting. I think they need to make the combine more of a fan experience because quite frankly, I don't think the combine does it really tell us that much? I mean, I think more or less it just tells you what somebody's not. Like, you're, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily raising anybody because of what they do at the combine, but you might cross somebody off because of what they do at the combine. And I don't know if you know the answer to this, but somebody was saying that this is the last year for the combine in Indy. Is that true? So I should have looked that up before here. I'll look, um, I'll look that up. I think it's the last year on the contract. I'm not 100% sure that it's been moved. Um, one thing that you were saying about crossing players off that, that kind of brought me to a new place was, I, I don't disagree with you. I, th- I think I should rephrase what I was saying. The performances, the on-field performances of the Combine, I don't think those have a major impact. I feel like it's a lot of the off-field stuff that we don't see. Yeah, The interviews yeah, yeah. with the players, the medical uh, review, you know, those things... You can't see that on game day in college. You can see, you I mean, does it really, does it really fucking matter how high somebody can jump? Like, no. I mean, if you, if you're seeing a guy hurdle safeties, then you know, he can jump really high. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, if you know, you have this guy that you thought was super athletic and, and he's he not, just, no, I get it. I get you, it. You find out he can't get up at all. That's a problem. I get it. But yeah, I see no, what you're saying. No, I do get it. But I, I feel like the, it's the non-performance related stuff that matters a lot more uh, yes. As fans, we don't get to see that as much, uh, but that's whatever. I'm going to look up the combine contract, but I don't want to talk about that too much. Welcome back. How's it? This is go How's ahead. It? I'm just curious. I was just curious about it. Um, here I'll look it up right now. NFL combine contract. Tell me while I look this up. Um, we took about four weeks off. What What'd you do? What were you doing? Shit, dude! I've been taking care of a baby. I haven't had time to do anything. 
The Super Bowl was fun. We had some people over, smoked a, uh, had a, smoked a brisket. It was quite delicious. Took a little bit to the neighbors. Ate on it for, for a week or so. Had some chili with it. Um, since then, just been chilling. You know, I don't know why, but these Sundays without football are actually kind of nice. Like, you know, the, I have time to do other things, I guess. Or, you know, I'm not so, like, fixed on, like, watching football, if that makes any sense. Even though I miss football. But it's nice to, like, be able to do other things, if, it, that, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. I said... Late in the season, like in the playoffs, because um, you know, as a Colts fan, late in the year, it got kind of hard to to watch the games. Like I was yeah. watching them, but it wasn't exactly like the highlight of my day. I'll just leave it there. Once the season was over and the playoffs started, all of a sudden it like renewed my love for football again because I was watching good football. Um, yep. And I remember going into the divisional round. I looked up on a Sunday and I said, "Babe, I can't wait. Like I'm ready for a break because." I'm into it. I want to watch it. I'm enjoying watching the games. But just like you said, on Sunday, nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting fucking done. (laughs) And I'm ready to just like do some shit in the yard, spend some time in the garage. I changed it. I learned how to change the oil in my truck. Nice. Yeah. I changed my own oil and it was awesome. Which I never, that's great feeling. I never would have done that during, during the season. Like I just wouldn't have tackled it. So uh, I agree with you. This is the first year I think I watched every single playoff game. Like, I set time aside to make sure I was available to watch every single playoff game. Like, in previous years, like, you know, if nothing was going on, I'd turn on the playoffs because the Colts haven't really been there recently. But uh, for some reason this year, I've, I felt really in tuned. I wanted to see what these teams had because I thought there's a lot of competition. I, I think I watched every minute of every playoff game this year. I watched it all, too. And I think that I've done that recently. Like, I think I've watched all the playoff games, but I know I did this year. And it's because it was such a good product. Like, the games yeah. were, were all really good. Uh, the Niners game, I feel like that didn't end the way we wanted it to. But yeah, but you, yeah it's one bad game. Anyway, anything else? Um, let's just look at let's, what's happened. Last, we've, been gone, we've been off four weeks. Let's, get, let's catch up real quick. We'll, we'll get our feet underneath us here. Okay. You want to talk with, uh, you want to start with Aaron Rodgers? Sure. Aaron Rodgers. And Pugsatani Phil have both come out of their hole. Pugsatani Phil, what the fuck is that? That's the groundhog. That's the groundhog from... Uh, he, has a, he has a name? Yes, he's got a name. Uh, they're out of their hole. There's more winter, the groundhog says. Six weeks, I think it is. Anyway. Did Rogers see a shadow? I don't think Rogers saw anything. I don't know if you saw anything <laughs> about that room, but it's like it's like actually pitch black. Like you have to, yeah. Like you have to learn where the bathroom is and then feel your way there every time. Damn. I can't imagine that. I've, well, I mean, I've watched like YouTube videos of like people going into dark rooms and they usually go crazy after like 18 hours. That's uh, sounds about right. Like he put himself in a really crazy spot. Um, you went in for four days. It's fucking wild. It's incredible. And I don't know, like, I don't know if he had drugs. I don't know what, like, I, I, I don't think so. Like, it seemed like a pretty official, like, I think like that in itself is a drug, like you're doing that. But you know, the ones I watched, it's like people in a padded room, like they literally can't do anything, but like he at least had like toilet water to play with. If he wanted to, you could splash around My God. and enter like, like, you know, like a bed, he could like do stuff with the blankets and like, you know, Maybe that's the difference is you, I mean, there's things you can feel around and well, and with. he was there by choice. 
Let's yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a padded room. Like he was there because he wanted to be. And he talked about looking in. I don't think he, he hasn't come out and said anything, right? He hasn't made any decisions, but he said he got a lot of clarity. Um, I don't want to speculate, but what I guess I do want to speculate. Um, this, this wasn't just about football. He made it clear this was about like his personal life, but obviously football had a lot to do with it. He's talked about being on the fence with retirement. He talked about Brett Favre and Favre feeling like maybe he made some mistakes. What do you, let's not spend too long on Aaron Rodgers because this is going to become exhausting as the weeks go on. Oh yeah. Is the Packers are the best fit for him is what I think. What do you think? Um, I don't know. Did you hear the Packers GM at the combine today? No. What'd he say? Uh, and he had a, a meeting with his like local reporters right before, but they asked him if he wanted Rogers as his quarterback next year. And don't quote me on this. I'm just remembering from what I heard earlier today. <clears throat> and he said that Aaron Rodgers is a good player, which is usually a death sentence. He said, Aaron Rodgers is a good player, and I will know once we have those discussions. And then later he went on to say that Jordan Love is ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, I don't think that tells us much of anything. I think that's what he has to say. If you go out and say too much, piss off Aaron Rodgers, and you piss him off the wrong way, then, I mean, there's some money involved. I don't know. I don't know if it matters. Uh, I think my question is, is you're worried about pissing off Aaron Rodgers. I'm wondering if Green Bay, you know, the office and the fans, do they even want it back? Are they, like, are they, aren't they tired of this? Aren't they just ready just for the like to move on? Like, all right, he he's probably got two, maybe three years left in him, and then who knows what he's going to be. But let's just go ahead and flip the switch. Let's see what Jordan Love is and get get on with the future. Kind of like with the Colts. Like we've just been in this weird era. You know, every year is a different fucking scramble. And let's just all right, it's time to stop that and let's see what the future holds. So the problem with that, the only problem I see with that, is. The contract is impossibly bad for the Packers. Like, Aaron Rodgers did a great job negotiating his contract. They can't cut him. It would be a death sentence to their cap. They cannot cut him. They would trade him. Well, okay, but we're asking the question, do the Packers want him back? Like, there's a couple of things they can do. They could keep him back and bench him and pay him, which I don't think anybody in the world would want to see. Like, the fans would flip out every time... Jordan Love sneezed the wrong direction. They'd be like, bring back, bring back your backers. Right? Like every single yeah, time. That's, that's not a scenario that that's would happen. not an option. Cutting him is not an option. So that's, I think, why, that's why I think that that press conference was much to do about nothing because really Aaron Rodgers has Green Bay hostage. Do they want him back? I don't know. I think it's best case. And the reason is, it is because of what you just said. Like, who's going to want to take on that massive contract pay the Packers compensation to get the contract and then deal with this attitude like every single year. Like who's going to want to deal with that? And the smugness. Oh, I'm, I think there's definitely teams out there that would, yeah, like the Jets. I think it's the Jets. They love to dive into that pool. I the think Jets love to jump in that it, pool. It takes a team that really thinks they're, really, really believes they're quarterback away. The Jets. I don't think the Colts are that team anymore. We had talked. Colts ain't touching that. They're not Colts doing that. I mean, outside of the Jets, Tampa Bay. Uh, eh, yeah, I, no. I'd say more. I'd say more so the Raiders. That would be a very Raiders thing to do, wouldn't it? And they've got Devontae. That'd be a very Raiders thing to do. 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. I really don't. I think he is. That's a bad. Interesting. You want to do a shot bet on it? I'll do a shot bet on it. Let's do a shot bet. Write it down. Write it down for for Daniel. Uh, here. All right. I'll t- I'll t- I'll text it to him. Got it. Yeah, I say Aaron Rodgers will be a Packer. Okay. Um, I don't know. Let's let's move on from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. More headlines, recent headlines. Alabama defensive tackle Jalen Carter, former Alabama defensive tackle Jalen Carter. At Georgia. Georgia. Georgia? Georgia. Georgia? Georgia. Georgia? Oh. Georgia. (laughs) Why did I think it was Alabama? I'm thinking of... Because there's two, there's I'm, two guys. There we go. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Okay. The other guy being Will Anderson from Alabama. Former Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, top draft, top draft prospect, has been officially served arrest warrants. They're saying that he was racing and driving recklessly, and unfortunately, the accident resulted in a teammate's death. That's tragic. I, I don't know. I guess we probably should have looked up all the details. I don't know if he was actually like involved in the wreck, but it was like maybe those those two cars were racing, Jalen Carter in one and the people that died in the other. And like maybe he didn't he didn't cause the accident or was involved, but he was there with them while they were doing the thing. That's my understanding of it also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's not a like there's not a any kind of homicide or, or manslaughter. Man's, like none of that has happened. Um, it's two misdemeanor charges and Carter's actually at the combine. He's in Indianapolis. Now uh, he's going to end up going back to, I don't remember the, the city, but Athens, he's on his way back to Athens and uh, yeah, he's going to deal with this. So it sucks. This sucks to talk about. Like obviously a person was killed, but a top prospect here, now facing disciplinary action. What does this mean to you? Um, it's very interesting. Like I remember a few years ago when um, Laramie Tunsil was like in the like right before the draft, they had this video of Laramie Tunsil wearing a fucking bong mask and ripping a fatty, and uh, he dropped like I don't remember like twenty picks. He was supposed to be like a top five pick, and he dropped. A, I don't know. I don't know how late we'd have to look it up. I pick feel like thirteen. Was it, he went pick thirteen. Yeah, I was gonna say the fifteen to twenty range. So, um, and I I feel like the the Tunsil things like less of a concern than this. But you said they are just misdemeanor charges. He didn't hurt anybody. He was doing something pretty irresponsible. I don't know. I think if I were a team, if I were really impressed by Jalen Carter and I thought he was the best player in the draft, I don't think this would affect my stand, my standpoint on him. If I was kind of on the fence on him, I'd probably be like, all right, let's just go ahead and pass on this guy. He doesn't make good decisions. But if, if I'm blown away by his talent, I think he stays right, right where he is on my board. So I think there is a potential he could drop just because, you know, certain teams in the draft are going to just cross him off the board. But I think there's still going to be teams very interested. You're talking about probably the best player in the draft next to Will Anderson, and then you got the QBs that will probably be up there too. But as far as talent goes, probably the best player in the draft. Sure. A guy that we were, most people were saying would be about the fourth or fifth pick in the draft is now going to fall somewhere short of that. I think he'll, he'll fall past that. 
Maybe uh, not fall at all. I don't know. I, I think he will. You know, I think when a player has these kinds of, I mean, this is going to be a little bit of bad press just because somebody did die. I mean, that matters. You know, that matters. That absolutely does. I remember being 21 years old. I remember being 25 years old, making some really bad decisions, and I got lucky, right? I'm sure we all yeah. have. Um, this is not an indictment on him in any way, and I'm not, I don't mean to give him a free pass either. I did stupid things, and I got lucky. He did stupid things, and he's, he's going to pay the consequences. Um, but I think a team, a better, how do I say this? Let me think. Uh, a team that doesn't deserve the talent is going to get him because I do think he's going to fall. I think it's going to going to benefit him, and I think it's going to benefit. This is, I think, like the Patriots. Think about a, a Patriot. This is a Patriots guy now. A guy with a little bit of some personality issues, some stuff that needs cleaned up. Hey, you're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to have to have somebody driving you around now for the next 15 years of your life. I mean, I'm being dramatic, but, uh, but now a good team has a great player because of the things that happened in the draft. See, I don't know. I'm looking at, like, I figured he'd be going, like, it's going to be him and Will Anderson. I figured one would end up on the Bears and one would end up on the Cardinals. And that's picks one through three if the Bears trade back four. So that's where I had him slotted. But I could see a team like Seattle or, I mean, the Lions are a team that just need defensive help. If he's sitting there at six with the Lions on the board, they're just going to, I with the talent that's there, I think they just say fuck it and draft it, you know pick them there. I don't, I, like I, don't see him slipping, I don't see him slipping past six, but what does happen here? Um, and I mentioned it before the show, and this is a scenario that may not be an issue at all, but like I said, I haven't, I haven't projected in that top four. Let's say the bears, for example, this just takes Jalen Carter off the board for him. So they're, Let's say they were planning a trade back with the Colts to four. They knew they could get either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, the two best defensive players in the draft. They could get one of them at four. Well, if Jalen Carter's off their board, that doesn't guarantee either of them. Um, so I could see this maybe throwing a little wrench and the Colts moving up to one. We don't even know if that's going to happen, but uh, that's just a little scenario that I thought of that could be possible if, if this throws a team like the Bears off the Jalen Carter train. They may be hesitant to move back to fourth Colts. I think Chicago's trading the pick. Why do you think that? Um, because there's there's so much more value to them. Honestly, that pick is going to be the pick. There are so many quarterback desperate teams that will overpay for that pick. That's the reason. They're going to get more value uh, by trading. I'm imagining a trade with a four, a five, a six. Imagine, uh, let's imagine just for the hell of it, the Lions. The Lions have the sixth pick and the 18th pick. That's enough to get to the first pick. And you maybe have to pay a second also to get there. Uh, Big mistake if you're the Lions, but I see what you're saying. If you're Chicago, I don't think you want to make this pick. I think you have more value in trading it. You can build a better roster. Without that, as long as you can still end in, in that, you got to have a pick in that first half of the first round. But if that happens, they're going to have quality. If they can get a young guy on defense, I mean, that's an upgrade. They're going to get an upgrade there. So I do think Chicago trades, I think you're right. I think it does throw a big wrinkle in it. It makes things more difficult. 
we were talking about Indianapolis. They were, they were a, a favorite to trade up. A lot of people have talked about them. People have talked about even Houston trading up one spot. That becomes more interesting now. That'd be a smart move on Houston's part. It's the same reason the Colts trade up. You're boxing out the other team in your division. Exactly right. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Houston, in theory, has they have the second pick and they have the 12th pick. In theory, they could make it happen. Box out the Colts. Now, I don't think that's going to happen either. But point is, my thought is Chicago should trade the pick. I think they will trade the pick. Indianapolis, let's talk about that. Chris Ballard at the Combine said a lot more than he normally says in press conferences. Yeah. Having said that, he still didn't say very much, but he made it pretty clear that they're they're moving forward looking for a quarterback. Yeah. Like it was, it was very clear. It's been like three weeks now. Nobody said a word about Matt Ryan. Like he's a dead person walking. Yeah. Like like, like nobody <laughs> has said a word about Matt Ryan. They're not even saying like you said. He's a good player, and that's a death sentence. Like, they're not even saying Matt Ryan's a good player. He's just dead to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's wild. Yeah. No word about Matt Ryan or the future with him, so I expect him to be cut. I'm sure there's a date to where it makes more sense, you know, to do it before or after, and that day will come, and he will be cut. Uh, but Ballard made it pretty obvious. I mean, the whole com- the whole press conference, he was talking about quarterbacks, basically, and – yeah, the, his phrasing was, you know, when we pick a, you know, he was, he's basically saying he's drafting a quarterback, which is bold. I, I guess everybody kind of knows that, but, you know, why, you know, why show your cards? You could have, he could have came out and said, you know, we got to look at the draft class. You know, we don't know if it's that great. You know, we're going to take the best player available. And, you know, he could have gone that route. But I guess at this point, it doesn't matter. You're, you're drafting quarterback. And he went pretty in depth on, um, like quarterback height and size and saying it all comes in different packages. And, you know, it's sometimes it doesn't matter. So that may, you know, he's just leaving the door open for, it sounds like everybody, like he's not crossing anybody off the board because of their size. One thing that I took away from the press conference is I know that Ballard wouldn't shy away from an elite pocket passer, but it almost feels like Ballard is, riding off the pocket passers right up the front. Like you go to your fantasy draft and you're like, Oh, Brandon cooks. He fucked me in the past. Mark him off the list, not drafting him before the draft even starts. You mark off like five guys that you just don't want on your team. I don't know. Have you ever done that? Cause I've done that. Ronald Jones was a guy that one year I marked off before the draft even started because I didn't, I didn't want to see the value and be tempted to go get Ronald Jones. So four beers in five rounds through, I didn't want to say Ronald Jones's name. So I marked him off right up front. I feel I kind of feel like that's what Ballard's doing with any pocket presence quarterback. Like I, he made it clear multiple times that the league has changed, the position has changed, and he said you need a guy that can do it because defenses are starting to get built to keep quarterbacks in the pocket, but that's not what's designed anymore. Like that's not what's working. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, Luckily. There's four quarterbacks that are the main four, and none of them are pocket passers, and we have the fourth pick, so we should be able to get one of them. We should get one of them. Uh, That's where Ballard went back to his old ways. He wasn't very clear about whether or not he thinks he needs to trade up to get him, or he made a comment about trading back and still being able to get one of them, which is a very Ballard thing to do. That ain't happening. I don't think that's happening. Do you think the Colts are taking the pick? 
or trading up to get uh, an earlier pick? I think he's going to have a price to go up to one unless I think for, so for me personally, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, but right now Bryce Young for me is just, I think he's head and shoulders above everybody else, not physically, but mentally as a passer, there's nobody like if Bryce Young was six, four and 220, 230 pounds, he'd be the greatest prospect of all time. Like, it's just the size thing. And I think if he gets in the room with them and he's impressive, if that guy can separate himself, then he'd go up. But I think he's probably going to have a price and he's going to limit himself to that price. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he's just going to be like, hey, this is my last ride. This is my last chance. I believe in this guy. And he's just going to do whatever it takes. But I did hear, and I can't tell you from where from. I was listening to something earlier this week. And I guess Bryce Young. Uh, Alabama would send out on Monday their, you know, players would be getting treatment. They'd send out, you know, the defensive stuff for the uh, quarterbacks to look at and start game planning for the week. And apparently on Monday mornings, Bryce Young would come in and already have, you know, his plan. You know, he'd say, hey, I, we think we need to run this instead of this. So he's mentally, he was already, he was ahead of, the, ahead of everybody else. I heard that too, um, yes. Which is arguably the number one trait you want on a quarterback. You want a coach on the field that sees it that way and understands what's going on. And he's not just, you know, sitting back there. He's like, okay, I got to snap the ball. I got to make this weed. And that's not there. I make this weed. <laughs> Bryce Young already, I feel if that's how he is, then Bryce Young already has a full feel of everything. And if he gets in the room and that's how he is, I think he's going to separate himself. And that could be, if the Colts trade up to one, it's going to be for Bryce Young. You'd said something that I think is important specifically about being kind of his last stand, last chance with Ballard. And while I don't completely agree with that, I do agree that it was something that Ballard said himself during the conference, which was pretty damning against Matt Ryan and the rest of the quarterback room. Essentially, he said that the guys kind of know when the quarterbacks got it, and when the quarterback doesn't got it anymore. Like, no. he's, he, he was so nervous when he said it that he, like, he misspoke. He said, this is not an indictment on the future. And I was like, well, wait. Past. And then he was like, I was like, oh, I mean, an indictment on the past. Right? Like, clearly he was thinking about Matt Ryan and not trying to be and offensive. Carson, or Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz. And Sam Ellinger. And Nick Foles. Right? I mean, Philip Rivers had it. That was... Pretty unique situation, but he didn't have it long term. He had it one shot. He had one shot. He had one chance. It didn't work. Well, and and ever since then, it's been guys who just don't have it, just flat out can't do it. Absolutely, and I feel like you know Philip Rivers wasn't in his prime by any means when he came into the to Indianapolis, but I feel like he was the kind of guy that had that leadership where he'd go, "All right, fellas, here we go. Listen, I'm not the guy I used to be, but I can tell you one thing: I'm gonna share his dookie. We're gonna go down there and we're gonna crap on these guys. I'm I'm gonna do whatever the crap I can do to friggin', you know. He's like, I'm gonna give it my all. And like, if you if you have that kind of leadership and you can overcome, you know, you can be honest about it. Hey, listen, boys, I can't sling it like I used to. But I, I know what the I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to put everybody in the best position to do the job. You do your job, and I'm going to make it happen. Like the, if the you point have that of quality, you can overcome the, those deficiencies in your game. The point of what I'm trying to get to is I don't believe that this is Ballard's last stand. But if he doesn't get a quarterback in there, he's had enough opportunity to get a quarterback. If this team 
with all the talent that's on the roster, can't make a fucking playoff game, like there comes a point where it's not coaching. There comes a point where it's not. You get enough, you get enough guys that are good enough at the game together, and they're going to win a bunch of fucking football games. That's just all there is to it. They're going to win enough games to get into the playoffs, a la Phillip Rivers is exactly what I'm talking about. Like Phillip Rivers was not a great quarterback when the Colts had him. He was just a guy. If, if Ballard can't find a guy who can propel the Colts to at least playoff contention, then it is his last stand. I think he finds it. I think it happens. I think he gets a quarterback with enough promise that he saves his ass. And if he saves his ass, we could be looking at another Bill Polian situation where we have a long-standing GM that continues to build a roster uh, in a smart, frugal way. Uh, but we're going to find out this year. And although I don't think it's his last stand, he is on very thin ice. And unfortunately, if that ice breaks, he's done. He's done. All right, I got a couple questions for you, Tony. Okay. What do you think about our new head coach and Shane Steichen? Uh, I don't know a lot about Shane Steichen. I know that when Shane Steichen started taking over uh, Philly's play calling, not last year, but halfway through the year before, the team exploded. That's very exciting to me. I know that Shane Steichen is very decisive. Excuse me. In the press conference, immediately after hiring him, while crying, by the way, which I think is cool, like pretty overwhelming moment. I think it's cool that he was willing to just embrace that and not run from it. Uh, I think it was also really cool that he is a player first guy that he made a point to thank every single offensive player on the roster. I think that's really, really fucking cool. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the opportunity. I think that he can spark some life into this system. I think coupled with the things that Greg Ballard, Chris Ballard, Jesus, Greg Ballard, uh, former mayor of Indianapolis, coupled with the things that Chris Ballard is saying, um, they're on the same page. Like they're looking for a dual threat quarterback, gunslinging offense, throw to score, run to win. Like, I mean, they're saying all the right stuff. I'm excited. What do I expect? I expect a playoff team. That's what I expect. And and we'll this, this year or next year. I would expect a playoff team immediately. With the roster that's really? with there, with the roster that's there, I would say that's the expectation. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Uh, of course, you can't predict what's going to happen, but with the roster that exists, throw in a quarterback. Uh, Ballard mentions again today the need for offensive line, that offensive line to be healed. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, guys. That's it. That's what we're talking about. And if if those two things happen, if the offensive line gets healthier, and a quarterback who doesn't make these terrible, I mean, Indianapolis beat Kansas City. They lost to the Eagles with less than a minute to play. They led the entire game. They were just outcoached. They were outplayed almost every game. And it comes back to the quarterback position and the play calling. How many times, Corey, were we texting each other during a Colts game saying, what the fuck is Frank Reich doing? Like, That's just bad. I bet it was once a week that we were like, fire this guy. Like, yeah, like for two years. Yeah. And it finally happened. And it finally happened. I don't know. I think they should be a playoff team. This uh, Super Bowl talk we were going into this year, like Matt Ryan's going to take us to the Super Bowl. That's over, right? I don't want to hear the Colts go to the Super Bowl. That's yeah. too much. But if the Colts don't go to the playoffs, Ballard's losing his job. And that's why I say that. Oh, <laughs> that's why I say the expectations are playoffs. Well, if we draft a rookie quarterback, I give him. 
two to three years. It's just it's a year to year basis. If I see flashes, we struggle. Okay. Year two, he, you know, he improves. Okay, it's time for year three. It's got to be a playoff year. Second question I have for you, and actually, mm-hmm. I have three. I have three total. I just add another one. And I'm a big, I'm a big Ballard guy. Like we've talked I, about, I, I, like like, Chris I defend him to the death. But right. it's time to make the playoffs. He should keep his mouth shut on politics. But I like the guy. Um, do would you pay Jonathan T- Taylor this off season or trade him this off season? Uh, is neither an option? Not really, because if you don't, well, I guess it kind of is an option because you can always franchise tag him next year. But. Yeah. And then he can sit out if he wants to. Uh, my, my, Actually, I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah. just staying there. My, my well, guy would know, say, man. yeah, let's, let's see it again. I'm okay with paying him. I mean, he's great. He's elite great. Have you seen the statistic on the last 10 uh, starting running backs that won the Super Bowl and their their salaries? Nope. Uh, the highest salary was $2.5 million for a starting running back that won the Super Bowl in the last, like, 10 or 12 years. Wow. Just a thought. And then third question, who do you think is going to be our quarterback next year? Bryce Young. Okay. I think so too. I think Bauer's going to fight it, but it's going to be Bauer's going to want Bryce Young. Yeah, and I think he's going to do whatever it takes to get him. Yeah, I think so too. Um, that's a show. Do you want to talk about Frank Reich? Uh, we can just mention it real quick. He, we both watched his interview at the combine today. He was talking about how they they did an interview with Derek Carr in the last twenty four hours. I assume. Uh, Derek Carr came to Indy to talk to teams and to eat spicy shrimp cocktail. And uh, Frank Reich uh, seemed excited about Derek Carr, which is mind-blowing to me because he's done this for two two or three straight years and it hasn't worked out for him yet. So it'll be interesting to see if Frank Reich goes the Band-Aid route again with Derek Carr. And then, oh, we've got one more note in here that says, the former backup to New, New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones... 28-year-old Davis Webb will be Russell Wilson's new quarterback coach. <sighs> Which basically <laughs> means that Sean Payton is the quarterback coach, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It is not a lot. To, it's like he's probably just making sure the balls are inflated and this setting is up the drills. 100% a statement to Russell Wilson that he does not fucking run the place anymore. Like, this is now Sean Payton's organization, <laughs> and Russell Wilson can get in line like, I fucking love it, dude. I love it. We're, I was reading that. I'm just going to read some of this article real quick. Russell Wilson's team, or Team 3 as it's known, uh, are personal coaches that look after Russell and follow him around. Um, apparently, they were in the building last year. Where, where's the... Oh, Wilson reportedly had his own office and parking spot at the Broncos facility. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for much longer. I think somebody asked Sean Payton about Team 3, and he said, that's foreign to me. That's not going to take place here. I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with that. Here. It is not and that'll happen. be it. It's staff, players, and that's it. There ain't nobody else in the building. So, yeah, I don't – like, imagine, like – some new guy from out of town comes in and yeah, he's got a reputation. He gets his own office 
and he's got his own guys floating around the building. If you were a player that's been there for a few years, you'd be like, what the fuck, man? Like uh, Melvin Gordon? Sure. Like, remember when he he flipped out and they had to cut him? Like, he couldn't take it anymore. Because not only was all that true, but the man fucking comes into town with his own office, his own team, and fucking changes everybody's food. Like, now the food's all weird. None of it tastes good anymore. And on top of that, he fucking sucks. Like, he actually sucks. Yeah. If you're Russell Wilson, after week three, you're like, you're sending yourself down to the dungeon. You're like, all right, boys, I'm sorry. I don't deserve a fucking office. He's like, we got you got, we got to figure this out. But if he keeps going back to his damn office and eating his Cracker Jacks while we're all down here in the pit getting our asses beat, yeah, I'm going to be pissed. It's the same thing we were talking about with, you know, with the, the team realizes when the quarterback doesn't have it, like it, if they're not on the same page and they don't believe in them and they're pissed off about them, yeah, the rest of the team's going to struggle. They're not going to give a shit. They're not going to block. They're not going to get open. And it all crumbles. So I'm glad Sean Payton said it. And uh, I still hope Russell Wilson sucks next year. He won't. He won't suck next year, guys. I don't think he will. I think he's going to turn things around. I think he's going to be coached better. I think he's going to have his nose down. I don't think he's going to be great. He's not who he used to be. But there's no way. He plays as bad as he did last year. There's no it's fucking. Gonna, way. It'd be hard. It'd be hard. There's no way. I hope he does though. Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.